0: You're listening to Be On the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers.
1: Welcome to Sismontane Brewing Company. We are
0: located at 1409 East Warner, Suite 6,
1: Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from three to nine. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon Santa Ana, cheers.
0: ¡Se va Welcome, welcome. Big Lou here with Beyond the Bike Radio. Welcome to another episode. I'm here in the hits I'm solo tonight, but I'm about to call Josh Poe from BajaBikeRace.com. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he'll pick up. So there he is. Josh. Josh, what's up, man? Big Lou here. And uh, How you doing? Good, man. Welcome, welcome to Beyond the Bike Radio. You're live on hits one today. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Stoked to be here.
0: Heck yeah, man! How was your day today?
1: Oh, just living the dream. Just, just uh, one struggle away after another.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, as long as you're living the dream, dude, that's uh, that's, a, that's a that's a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my dream. It, it's gotta be somebody's <laughs> dream. <laughs>
0: Oh man! All right, dude. So give it, give us a rundown uh, of who you are, a little background of you, and then uh, we'll get into like uh, your uh, your daily, what you do for work, and then uh, we'll get into some bike racing.
1: <clears throat> okay. Uh. Well, my name is Joshua Poe. Uh, I am the race director and founder of Baja Bike Race, and uh, the Baja Bike Race is basically a uh, seventy three mile point to point grand fondo and uh, bicycle race. Um and the reason why I did a bicycle race as well as a grand final as well as a fun ride uh is because I didn't really want to exclude anybody from the sport itself. Um the route from Picate to Insenada is an infamous route. And to say that you have to be a racer or you have to only cycle mountain bikes or road bikes or a gravel bike, I didn't really want to exclude anyone. So um but I am a competitive at, at heart. Um so when we did that, we wanted to make it a race. And uh, with that, we did a $3,000 prize purse to make it competitive. Um, But once again, anybody can go. We've had tandem bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes, all sorts of cycling. Uh, My neighbor actually did it on a full suspension mountain bike. And uh, he told me it was one of the most miserable rides he's ever done on a mountain bike. (laughs)
0: <laughs> probably went it's to on the Jeff road that's, that's right it's on the road exactly
1: it's a road bike <laughs> it's a road bike course i mean like i said you can do it on anything um we haven't had anybody try to uh, bust out a uh a fix here yet we haven't seen that yet um but we do accept the challenge and we uh were uh pushed to have a fixed uh fixed class and we totally agreed to have a fixed class just we need at least you know 10 people to be in the class so we're not just creating a class for three guys to win it first, second, third place. And right. kind of, it's a pointless, yep. um, but essentially, I mean, with me, uh, it was, it was a random day. We, uh, we uh, the idea presented itself. When we we're on a ride home from Long Beach. And uh, somebody mentions, hey, you should bring back this event. It's a big cycling event. You cycle. Uh, and you, you pretty much, you know about event organization because I've been assisting and you know volunteering and doing i was always involved with other events Mm -hmm.
2: um
1: and when they mentioned it i'm like well i mean it's it it is in mexico um kind of technical with that because uh i mean being based out in the states just like you um it's it's tough to put on an event in a foreign country in which you know it's it's politically it's some are accepted saying you know mexico is great some are anti it right and uh that's created uh, a number of uh, roadblocks that uh, I can I'll get into a little bit later, but uh yeah it's when we when the idea came out um, this big ride cop sonata uh, used to be called the Monday International and it was put on by a guy named David Manworthy. Um, this guy was a great guy he was in the cycling community um, and they created it on a Sunday and the idea behind that would have been was. Uh, people in the industry like the bar industry the hotel industry, uh, the cycling industry. Um, it was tough always to get off on during the week because that's their work week. And that Saturday would be a really tough time too, because most uh, people in the industry and just, they worked weekends. Um, so he did it on a Sunday and it, uh, it all started off with two or three guys and it just slowly grew into this big cycling event, And, uh, it nineteen eighty nine it hit fifteen thousand five hundred riders
2: Damn.
0: which is that's huge. yeah,
1: I can't as a race director, I can't even imagine putting out an event at that level. Um and you know, I think with anybody putting out events, it's it's a slow, slow process. You don't go from zero to fifteen thousand overnight. Right. Um so you get some gradual learning curves and but in, it was one of the largest rides in SoCal as well as all in Baja region. There's other events that go on, but nothing's hit that those kind of numbers. And I don't know of any events here in, like the San Diego, uh, SoCal area, that hit those kind of numbers. You know any?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean, it's 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 a huge ride. Um, big support with the local government. I mean, with that, it's a big difference I find between events in San Diego and say events in Mexico is there's a lot more support within the uh, the government and politically Um, it's more talking to the right people and getting things done versus San Diego is more, there's a lot more restrictions on permitting, getting events done. Um, Both Mexico and Sonata and Tecate both have their permits and you have to, you know, follow through with the law, but it's just, they're more welcoming with open hands versus San Diego where there's an event every weekend. And it's just, it's chaos.
0: Road roadblocks, um, a lot of roadblocks.
1: Exactly. And that the one thing with I I kind of against with San Diego on most of the cycling events is they're open course, so the, the organizers don't actually have a lot of uh closed course sections as well as it's you're restricted by stoplights, uh stop signs, you can't roll through. Um and that's one of the things I wanted to change with if I had the opportunity in Mexico, which I do is to do a nonstop A to B uh, course.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's, it, it's for most, I mean, for it being a race, it has to be a nonstop. You can't stop at a stop sign and feel everybody's got the same fair event. Um, so with that, it's it's a little bit more hard controlling when you're doing 73 miles from one point to another and try to keep in the course safe. And we don't have a, it's not a 100% closed as it's almost impossible to buy that many cones and close off that much road. Um, but it's, it's a relatively closed course with uh, the sections where we can't close it off. we do a rolling, co- rolling closed course, in which we get uh, the federal uh, police supporting us on the highway and just making sure there's no cars are getting near the cyclist and just keeping everybody safe. I mean, that's the key thing is anything uh, with my organization between the bike race is safety. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's bringing, you know, our, the biggest thing we push is uh, tourism through the, we increasing tourism to the state of Baja through the sport of cycling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, being an American, it's definitely a different look at it. People ask, why are you going down to Mexico? Why do you promote Mexico? And, you know, this, the key thing is once I get you down to Mexico, you see the country, see the place, you're coming back, whether or not it's for the bike race again or not. But you will be back to the country because you will fall in love with it just like I did.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: It. it just, I mean, there's just so much to do down there. Um, I mean, so a little bit about my brass tacks, a little bit more on my background um, and who I was. Um, I spent six years military. Uh, I did four years in uh, law enforcement over at San Diego State. Um, I didn't, I wasn't full PD, but I was uh, in line to do the next thing. So we were like, uh community officers. Um so I was lo- going towards federal law enforcement because um I started my degree in international security conflict resolution Islamic studies and uh I decided to kinda move move away from all that and started a bicycle race company and a uh a metal and woodworks company. Hmm.
0: That's, um, a, that's oh, a pretty that's oh. a pretty drastic jump, uh, or, or uh, From one from one spectrum to another.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was a huge uh, chunk to pull on because I started. A, I worked at the bar industry for seven years. I worked over at Tavern at the Beach and PB, and um, I worked there for so long. But it was a great transition because the fact that in the bar industry you can work late hours, and as long as you can wake up and kind of do your thing, um, you can get you know start another company during the day because you pretty much work mostly nights in the bar industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, that was a tough little change there because once, once I built the bike race and started it, then two years later, I decided to start uh, my other company, PoeBuilt. And it's interesting enough where the bike race itself were growing, but as a company itself, we're not a profitable company. Um, and that's in lieu of, uh, I have Pobilt, in which is creating both the finances to put on this event as well as live off of right uh all within the same five years of creating both companies um but i mean it's you like i say like i started one you got to live the dream try to figure out what your dream is and modify your dream to each course you take as life goes on mm-hmm. um i mean i thought i was going to do federal law and now i'm running a bicycle race and building furniture
0: <laughs> how, how, how's how's pole build coming along
1: uh, well, it's been good. Uh, we, uh, we've done bird rock coffee roasters out in Pacific beach or, uh, actually Torrey pine. So like La Jolla area, uh, we built out all the metal and all the woodwork out of that facility. Um, we're hoping to just uh, do another job out of a uh, dark horse, uh, coffee roasters here in normal Heights. Um, great coffee spot. It's, it's interesting cause I really like working for coffee shops because I do love coffee um brewery is my next thing i love to uh, work some breweries out too because once again I love working with brands and other uh like minded uh individuals
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so i mean beer is coffee love it um but it it's it's building it's i mean we are a commission based company so if you have an idea, we build it and it's you once our our motto is uh you dream it we make it mm-hmm. so Little by little, but it, it pays for the company, uh, pays for the bike race to survive. Um, this is our fifth year for the bike race, so it's one of those we got to figure out how this is growing and down all the numbers and down the marketing and see where we are because we're looking to hit at least a thousand riders this year.
0: That's awesome. Um, what did you have last so year? We,
1: uh, just over, just about six hundred people signed up. Uh, what's interesting that you probably know as well as a race director is that uh, there is there's people that sign up, pay the dues, pay the fees, and then just don't show up. Yeah. Um, and last year we had a hundred people that paid but didn't show up,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was a, it was a big number for us. Um, but the other big number for us this year was the fact that day one we had uh, just about 85 registrations the day of. And, uh, as a company, like that's the first time in five years that we've hit those kind of numbers that soon in the game. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, uh, that felt good. That felt real
2: good.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a gradual, it's a gradual thing, right? Gradual growth. I mean, you can't expect to hit, you know, 15,000, you know, in, in, you know, a couple of years, you know, it it takes time for that to to work and to grow and, and grow organically. And plus, you know, you have a business to run and, um, you got life.
1: Yeah, well, I, I got a business run. I don't know about the life part. I'm still figuring that part out.
0: <laughs> hey, congratulations, man! You just got engaged, dude.
1: I got engaged. It's true. <laughs> um, I mean, that's pretty much. I got, I got my girlfriend, or I got my fiance now, and uh, I got my dog. Um, those are my two things that I hang out with mostly. Um, Every once in a while, I mean, I've, I've been getting more on. Uh, I haven't been cycling as much as I used to. That's the, the biggest downfall. I mean, I'm staring at it in my garage right now. One, two, three, four, five, six bikes in my garage, and uh, the miles I'm getting on them are pretty minimal. Um, I got all genres. So I got I got my mountain bikes, I got my road bike, I got my street bikes, I got my gravel bike, um, and that's just as down in. I actually I finally put my road bike on a Cyclops, so mm. I can uh, have no excuse get up in the morning, get some miles in there, train with some guys online kind of have a, a social environment per se. Right. Um, and, you know, try to get more on the bike. It's just, it's, it's funny because when, before I started the two companies, I always said there's always, there's 24 hours in a day and you can always fit in one hour for, you know, fitness, activity, working out, cycling. And uh, it, it's a struggle sometimes to get that one hour. Cause I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: wake up, you know, five, six in the morning, knock out emails, go through some stuff. Um, and then I'm at my shop by like, you know, nine o'clock. Um, sometimes I split it up in, if I, I, if I know I'm like right now, I'm way behind. Uh, I got to design the jerseys for, uh, 2019. I got to finish the race medals. I have to, I just got the poster all dialed in. It's just everything under the bike race is me. Yep. Um, and yeah, like coming up with designs and doing this and that, and then, Going right, transition from that to my other company, Pole Built, which has also a lot of design work and quoting and building
2: fabrication. Um, yeah. I got mm-hmm.
1: exactly. It's just it's it's a nonstop thing, and uh, I mean my biggest my biggest push on anything is Instagram because um, people communicate, they talk to you. It's uh, a personal thing. Um, they can say one thing and you can reply. Versus, I mean, Facebook's good too. It's just feel Facebook is kind of lost at times with
0: politics. Instagram,
1: yeah, it's a lot of politics. <laughs> so much politics. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I mean, it's what's what's ridiculous is we built our following on Facebook to. I think we're at. I don't even know the numbers anymore. 14,000 like fourteen thousand, fifteen thousand followers or something. Mm-hmm. Or in Facebook, it's considered likes. Um, of that number, it's crazy when you post something, and we're at thirteen thousand where are we at we're 13,458
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's crazy because I can post something and a hundred people will see it and it's like the point of social media is to socialize and engage in like minded people and it's just crazy that we have that many people with us but we can't reach them anymore Right? like they click like because they wanted to follow our our what we're doing and how we're doing it mm-hmm. Um and you can't click it or it doesn't do anything. <laughs> you yeah. can build it, but they won't come.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I, that's why I, I feel the same way about, about that. And, and, you know, many, I, you know, many use uh, Instagram and obviously you can link both of them together, you know, Instagram and Facebook together and Twitter or whatever else. But, um, I think you get more out of it, uh, when you use uh, Instagram than Facebook. In my, yeah, in my I totally opinion. agree. <clears throat> yeah. It's,
1: it's all algorithms. Um, I want to say at the beginning of the bike race, it was more organic and how I can find people. Uh, Nowadays it's a little bit more algorithm driven. And when you try to communicate with like the people you want, like I go through my newsfeed and it's like, I don't see the people I usually engage with all of a sudden like, Oh no, Instagram wants you to talk to this person today. So Mm -hmm. they're going to show up in your feed and you're like, I mean, I want to communicate with everybody. So that takes a little bit more due diligence and uh, like, Clicking on your 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 uh, your followers tab. I mean, we're just we're over eight thousand followers on Instagram. So I go through that and communicate with people. I click and just randomly select people to talk to, just to keep everybody you know engaged. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's, that's a, a time-consuming t- thing alone.
0: That's a full-time job, dude. Doing it that totally is marketing. That's a full-time gig right there, dude. So you you know you have you have a I'm sure you have a, a pretty pretty big uh, hat. Rack at home because you got to wear different hats every day, man. You know you you got to po build, uh, you know Baja bike race, uh, social media. You know then you got to deal with people down there with you know politics and permits and all that stuff. I mean it's it's a you know plus you know fiance and, and the and the and the puppy. You know.
1: Yeah, it, absolutely.
0: So um, it,
1: yeah, Baja's got a lot of politics. That's that's a big difference. Is um, first in the US. It's you I mean, you definitely have to be politically correct. You be smart with what you say, you're respectful of the people, and you know, you're gonna be fine. Um, and it's just it's a big push to be respectful in any environment. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think I've learned I learned that a lot in the military and the fact that when you go to a foreign country, you you respect everybody, you love you're, you love the chance that they're allowing you into their, their their home, their country, their where they grew up. I mean it's you've got to emphasize the fact that you respect that level to go there and respect them in a way that you know they deserve to be respected. Mm-hmm. Um, if that made any sense Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I, every time I go down to Mexico it's just it's a crazy crazy feeling of like it's, there's so much to do, so much to see. And it, you cross the border and you're in Mexico. It's like, it takes a second and mm-hmm. it's just, it's a different world. Um, and it, people, I mean, like I was telling you earlier, it's, um, as you know, with promoting, uh, the race director for Intonado bike size. And the big push is when you get across, like when we're at expos, we'd come up and people would give us, uh, the, the cross, like annex us because we're Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would get people saying, oh, you know, down with Mexico, uh, U.S. rules and this. I'm like, it, it, it's crazy to me. And the fact that they have no idea what they're saying or who they're even talking to. Right. Um, and it's like, yes, I'm going I'm to, I, I promote Mexico. I love Mexico. I love the country. I love the people. I love the atmosphere. Um, and yet I'm a veteran uh i did six years military um mm-hmm. that's the big push is like you can't call me less of an american because i promote <laughs> another country in which probably half the people that are talking down to us aren't veterans they're right. served um like i did i did my time and you know it's i they have to get down in mexico to see it once they see mexico it's gonna be like wow just like anybody um We've had that occurrence every, every once in a while where um, I would battle somebody on Instagram saying they're bashing Mexico, doing this and that. And what I would do is even I'm talking even Mexican-Americans, like their parents are from Mexico and they were first born in the U.S. And they're anti-Mexico.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, they won't come down to Mexico, but they love cycling. And I would actually um, give away entries like, hey, man, so here's the deal. I guarantee you'll love it once you come down. And I will comp their entry. Uh, I'll even put them up in a hotel room, and you know, just promote the, the idea that Mexico is safe. Mexico is fun, as long as you're an ambassador of where you come from. So if you're American, be an ambassador of, uh, of America. Promote mm-hmm. the well-being of like how America should be, but be in Mexico representing America. Mm-hmm. Like you like once you once you travel to another country and you're you're an ambassador of your country, meaning you don't make yourself look bad nor your country, you're going to be fine. Right. Um, and just like it's, if you're looking for bad things, IE, if you're going down there for drugs, hookers, blow, (laughs) whatever you want to do, you will find those. And then you will probably find trouble just like anywhere up here in the state. Yep. If you're going to the wrong area, looking for the wrong issues, you probably can find issues and problems everywhere. Um, you know, just go down there with your head on a swivel. Be smart. Um, be an ambassador, and you should be good. I mean, there's so much to do down there.
0: Yep. Well, well, let's uh, get let's get into it, man. Well, before we do that, um, uh, g- just give me a breakdown of like the logistics that you have to go through uh, organizing the race. Um, like, how long does it take you to put this race together? Like, you're constantly going down with, to meet with uh, with the secretary of tourism, with the federal police you know kind of give us like a breakdown cuz a lot of people take pick uh you know I'm not I'm you know promoters for granted they're like oh yeah you guys have it easy you guys are making a ton of money and they really don't see like what it takes to to put events on and and uh, sometimes you don't make any money you know sometimes you lose money you know but they you know oh, yeah. you know and and people see you know they don't see that they don't see what's what's going on in the background so g- give it, give us a little breakdown of uh of what you go through as event uh organizer promoter for uh, for the Baja bike race
1: um yeah i mean there's there's a of that goes on it's funny because uh people always say yeah like oh the one day event it can't take that much time um literally time i take off is um i always tell myself the day after the race um and the day at the end of the race and the day after is usually my relaxed time free time let my brain kind of relax for a second unless there's some major crash or if I got to have medical support and make sure we're following up with that. That's usually the day we're trying to like, I take everybody out that helped me that year. Um, and we go to the wineries through, uh, the Valley de Guadalupe. Um, we go to the wineries, go to the breweries, we hit up everybody. I, I take care of everybody, um, because they took care of me during the event. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's usually my biggest downtime with the bike race is those two days. um, And then right after we're done, I mean, the problem with it being in October, which we still haven't dialed in and um, got cohesively like smooth, was the fact that being in October, if you're looking for sponsorships of any bicycle companies, uh, expos, if you're looking for sponsors for um, uh, product, everything else, all companies build up their following year so say like in 2018 when the event ended in October 6th, um, right then and there, I should already be prepped, ready to go to request sponsorships mm-hmm. for 2019 because most of the fiscal year is already closing out and their budgets are closing. And essentially I have a month or two to dial in and try to get them going. Right. Um, it's And that's a tough thing because you don't have your numbers, you don't have your statistics, you don't have your... Um, your growth rate, you don't have how much you brought, uh, your finances. Like, it's just, you don't have all that doubt in that quick, um, because you have to get the statistics from a little hotels, see where everybody stayed. And it's just, it's kind of, it's a tough thing doing in October and we just haven't perfected that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I mean, as soon as the race starts, uh, finishes, um, Last year, we were going to try to open up registration the day after. Um, but I decided against it because we wanted to perfect our point of sale registrations through Baja. And um, from there, in January, we start pushing. Um, the thing, too, is throughout the whole year with Instagram, Facebook, you're always promoting. Um, if you notice on my following, I kind of slimmed down after uh, September, October, November, or September, October, or sorry, November, December, January, we're kind of slower on social media.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, We're not, we don't push as hard. We get a post every once in a while. Um, We start engaging in like March, April. uh, We go to at least one post a day, trying to engage with everybody, talk to everybody. Um, We still monitor the system off those seasons, but we kind of call it the the on-peak and off-peak for social media. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we are a one-day event once a year. Uh, We're growing to have other events as time progresses. But right now, with that to do to post a date, 365 days a year, it's just not feasible for our workload.
0: That's a lot of content, dude. You got to create
1: exactly, and it and it can't get boring. It can't get repetitive. It can't just get like, oh, hey, we're Baja, we're the Wine Country ride. Join Mm -hmm. us. Like it's it gets boring, and it people stop following because your content is lacks thereof uh, attention grabbers. Um, It's not fun to read. Uh, Instagram is all photos too. So if your photo isn't engaging, they're not going to read your, your caption in which your caption is the whole point of the photo. Um, so it's, it's, it's a never ending battle with that. Um, for our event, we are fully supported by the federal police, local police of, uh, and Ensenada, as well as the cities. Um, I mean, the biggest supporters, I mean, we have Secretary of Tourism, Oscar Escobaro, um, we got, uh, the tourism department of Ensenada, the tourism department, of to both the mayors are on full support. Last year, the mayor was going to join us, but they, he had a scheduling conflict, uh, the week before. Um, so they're, they're there to support us. And, you know, it's, there's a different line of support in which it's, we, we really need the support of the cities. Cause if we didn't have that support, literally none of this could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the federal police are huge because our whole course is uh, essentially about 85% on highway. And the federal police are like the CHP of California. And they, we, we, without them, absolutely. If they said no, if they denied our event, um, we would not be running our event at all. So the federal police are huge, huge, huge support in what we do. And, uh, for what they do, it's it's amazing how we we get sometimes you know, ten to fifteen federal police officers in cars, in cars, patrolling the the route itself. They help us put out cones. Um, on year one, two thousand fifteen, um, we had uh, a major crash, um, and the guy was on a cell phone, ran off the road, and uh, he hit um, hit rocks. So when he as soon as he hit the rocks, he went unconscious. Uh, a federal police officer picked him up, got his bike. Uh, another another uh, participant grabbed his bike. Uh, the federal police officer ran him to the ambulance, which wasn't too far behind. And the ambulance took him to TJ. Then we medevaced him all the way to Orange County. And uh, he, uh, he was fine. Um, the doctor did say that because, it, because of the fast response, we were able to get him uh, to safe haven quick enough. He was able to walk again, and the fact that if we didn't and it was delayed – uh, if our response time was any less, it would have been uh, pretty detrimental for his walking capability. Damn. And, uh, that was day one or that was my year one first event for Baja bike race. And at that point, when I saw the crash and I found out about it, I thought that was the last one, the one and done. Um, mm-hmm. because I mean, a lawsuit of thats I mean, he, he didn't know anything happened, but a lawsuit could have happened. And cause, um, you know, us, us Americans are very sue happy right? Um, <laughs> and they sue about everything and everything without the consequences of thinking of what could be done. Um, I get understanding of like, you know, suing and, you know, for repercussions of basic medical coverage and yada, yada
2: mm-hmm.
1: insurance, we covered everything. Um, so that wasn't an issue. It's just, it's crazy to have an accident like that, where, as you know, with the sport was we'd cause you guys, you guys had a pretty good accident too. And
0: yeah, yeah, I mean I I think uh you know on Friday for practice for then the of bike fest we had a uh the only major accident was like a broken collarbone and then on race day same thing you know guy hit a hole on the race course and broke his collarbone I think he might have got a slight concussion and you know he got he got taken care of but you know that's uh getting medevac that's a that's a pretty big deal man. Yeah, I mean but that's
1: the, that's the thing is it's, I mean the point of all that even explaining that is it's, it's we're there to support we're there to create a safe environment so when something like that happens we are there to respond quickly and you know as a team between the federal police our medical team our our fast response um our ambulance services we're all a team and we all communicate and it's the thing is when something happens all of us are there to respond quickly and make sure everybody continues being safe um and you know it's it's, it's without all the support of everybody else, it's just, it's, it's tough to put on any event, mm-hmm. but especially in a foreign country. Cause as you know, I, my Spanish is very, uh, limited, uh, <laughs> very limited,
0: yeah,
1: very, very limited. So, um, it's, it's, it, it helps in the fact that like everybody understands that I'm putting this event on for the love of the country. And I'm still in the process of learning the language of, uh, the homeland, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so it's, it's a great experience, but, and then, you know, it's, so yeah, in, in, saying all that with the federal police, so you have to, uh, making sure we're doing a, like a six month out meeting, a three month out or one month out. And then, you know, making sure all the logistics are there, their start points, stop points, uh, the safety issues and where we find to be the most, um, areas of, uh, safety issues. So like we always make sure the federal police are there because we know that cyclists, this is a dangerous area with between, um, cars not paying attention and we get cones up and put federal police up. So they kind of more, when they come up to those areas, they get more alert mm-hmm. and, uh, it's kind of like when the CHP is out on the road, when the construction crews out there, Right. It's just, they're there to make sure you see them and that you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout all the rest, there's me, me being, uh, living in San Diego, it's, uh, we'll have a meeting where I just have to drive down to Ensenada just for a one hour meeting. My commute is way longer than my meeting is sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it is nature of the beast that I don't live in Mexico, but I'm there to support it and grow it. Um, and with that, it's,
2: there's meetings with
1: that and mayors, uh, both the pro turismo office, uh, we since we are on federal land, our, our finish line, we also sit with uh, the Port of Ensenada. Um, and it's, it's it's a big team action. I mean, every integral part between the Ensenada Port Entry, tourism offices of both cities, the, uh, the mayor's office of both cities, each each low section is a, a chess piece in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it takes everybody to be playing in order for us to get this event done. Um I mean even a, a big support too is the in dirty and i always say it wrong in Mood-Dirty, the sports department of Insanata,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and in death uh the sport department of Tecafé, uh both of them always are fully on board they're excited every year it comes out um they help us run a lot of the, the aid stations pushing up making sure there's uh support they actually uh the sports department of Ensenada actually uh, put the vans out and they run uh, their supporters to the uh, aid stations to help us run those. Oh, and
0: wow. That's awesome! It, it's a,
1: like, it seems like it's a little thing, but like to have a busload of supporters getting dropped off at all the aid stations in the morning, because we usually have them there about seven, thirty seven AM. And, you know, from Incident it's about a 45 minute to an hour drive. So it's, it's, it's a big task and uh for us to have that trust with uh the sport department and they just they, they just show up they do their thing we're never stressed out if they're going to show up because they're just they're there to support sporting events and grow the the local community of
2: event
1: mm-hmm. um and with that it's it's definitely i mean it's it's intricate part of like everybody all tied together like i said right um and that yeah it's I feel like the planning never ends. Um, as soon as you get done with one thing, uh, you have to write another letter of support to request because uh, Mexico is very uh, different from the U.S. and the fact that when you write a letter, and you deliver it to an office. There's no... Uh, it's not just an email sent and verified. It's You have to get a stamp. That stamp has to um, be authenticated by the secretary that they received that letter and then it goes off to the other departments. Um, So it's, that was a big learning curve for me as an American putting an event in Mexico is learning the ropes, learning how to do this and how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I think, I think I almost, I almost quit year two because I was just like, what is going on? Like, this doesn't (laughs) make any sense. Why do I do this? Yeah. And, uh, I think every year it's always been tough, but. I mean, like you said, there's there's sometimes no profit, and it's been five years. Um, as a company, we are not profitable. Mm. Um, everything I'm putting into this is my own personal money. Um, a lot of people say, just like you said earlier, like, "Oh, you're making a bank. You're you're just rolling in the money, selling this, selling that." I mean, it's we are there. We are putting on this event still, so we can, because I love I love the sport. I love idea of this event, the Ticate Insenado ride. Um, and uh, actually, I never mentioned it. Um, our ride actually goes through the valley de Guadalupe, which is Mexico's wine country. Mm-hmm. Um, so every day every time we go to the wineries there's always another winery popping up and uh, you know another family they've been growing it for their grapes for so long and all of a sudden they're ready to produce uh, wine and you know have it marketable. Um, so every time we go to the wineries, it's always another one growing, another one. It's they always say it's the Napa Valley of um, of the U.S. And I kind of I kind of say yes and no. in the fact that it is the Napa Valley, as in the wine, there's a lot of exquisite wines. There's good, there's bad, there's great. Um, but I think one one big thing I love about the wineries in Mexico versus Napa is the atmosphere at which you're going to all these wineries, it's a totally different feeling from driving through Napa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you, I mean, and it's also, it's a lot cheaper to, if you go wine tasting in Temecula, you go wine tasting in Napa, you're talking about, you know, 15 to $35 per wine tasting. Um, in, in Mexico, it's a lot more affordable. It's more feasible. Now, the hotels are pretty equivalent on pricing. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's when you go to Mexico and you go to the wineries, in the go of the it's a different feeling. Um, mm. and it's just, when you get there, it, you don't have the same feeling as you're in Napa. You get the nice beauty as Napa, but it's this, you, you feel like you have to be part of a club to be in Napa. You have to be a certain genre to be in Napa. Mm.
2: Um,
1: in Mexico I feel that's one of those like anybody's accepted, you walk in the door, we are here to give you the first class service possible. It's that's that's how Mexico treats you. Yep. Um, and it's a good feeling when, you know, regardless, you're like you don't know you don't wine you don't know wine that well. You know, there anybody's there to teach you, but I just feel in Mexico it's a different feeling of open arms. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean you probably experienced that. I mean, you uh you get those from the same feeling from Horset Ranch right I mean it's they're there to take care of you because they you know they want to see they see the passion you have in your eyes and it's it's a growth thing um we I mean we're both we're both outsiders trying to grow something that's not ours um yeah. and it's I think that's the big difference is pushing a pushing something you don't belong from is people's seem off-putting by that Mm -hmm. but i mean i truly anybody goes out to mexico and sees it firsthand they'll say wow the social media is way wrong yep they have no idea what they're talking about
0: yep exactly i agree so so um look so give, give me a rundown of like uh the race so you know, people can go online right now, bajabikers dot com, and sign up. Was it like fifty bucks or something to register? Is that pre-register or what is that?
1: Uh yeah. So every year we do a pre-registration of forty bucks.
0: Okay. Forty um, bucks we only.
1: Okay. We only do that every year. It's changed to how we've done it. Um, one year it was the first twenty-five registrations got it. Um This year we just did it. Um, we did the first 75 this year mm-hmm. or no, we did the first 50 this year. And then we extended the 75 because there's so many registrations day one. We didn't want to be, um, didn't want to like, uh, kill the Bible. I don't know. We, we did not want to be mean to the yeah. people that were signed up in the first day. So we extended it for the first 24 hours to the $40 one. And we kept it going. Um, currently we're at $50, mm-hmm. um, and it goes 50, 60, 70, 80. And as just like any event in San Diego, and the U.S. As time progresses, price as well, price goes up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do do point. The big thing is we do do point of sales, meaning uh, anywhere through Baja, uh, Tacate, uh Rosarito, T.J. And uh, we have point of sales I like certain establishments that sell our entries uh, with cash. Um, I think that was our biggest hurdle trying to figure out how to have cash sales in mexico and still be able to control the registration mm-hmm. um and what we do with that is when you go to these point of sales you buy you put pay your money and you get a certificate with an, uh, a code you take that code you go on baja click register and under the promo code the coupon code you enter that code you got in from the bike shop um and then it comes out to zero and it shows that you paid it um that's kind of been one of our biggest i i guess uh accomplishments within that like doing it in mexico because a lot of them always have those point of sale um and you know it's that was, that was a big that was a big push for us
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah price goes I actually i'm not even sure anymore when the price goes up i think it's a, a month and a half it will go up to sixty dollars
0: okay so if people still want to get the good price to uh, 50 bucks they better hurry up and sign up
1: Yes, I mean sign up early to save money.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, what's the average time for somebody to to you know to race this thing? So, um, or, where does it start in Tecate, and then what time do people you know are off the line? Is it like a land rush start type of deal? How does that work?
1: Um, so it's a point to point. So we have a starting point in Tecate. Uh, it's seventy three miles, about just over four thousand feet of climbing. It has, uh, from mile 20 to 24, that's our KOH and uh, QOH. That is roughly about 750 feet of climbing, and uh, I mean a total of four miles. So that's our, uh, our KOH. And then from there, it's a lot of what I like to call rolling hills. Um, you can uh, hit the apex and climax at it a, a good rate. You're going to come down that hill pretty quick, and hopefully – climax the next
2: one
1: Mm -hmm. um you're not a a speed friendly cyclist you might be climbing a lot more than others um but we have no uh infamous el tigre so um it's there's not a major point with that um and then the last 10 miles is all coastal ride Mm.
2: um
1: so you hit the lot you get to see the ocean while you're riding all the way down to ensenada um Average times are anywhere from roughly four to to five hours is our average time, um, which actually points out that most of our our, uh, cyclists are fun riders and, you know, just recreational people that just want to see the coast, ride through the wineries, see the site, enjoy the time, um, because we'll have five, eight stations across the, the course, and each one is, uh, we are fully sponsored and supported by Powerade, Coca-Cola, and CL water. Okay. Um, so you know your water's safe. It's all filtered. Um, they have been our number one and our key uh, supporter from day one. Awesome. Um, they get got on board with us. Uh, Powerade just, I mean, I've drank in Powerade way before I did the whole event. Um, and uh, I dilute it. I don't know if everybody else dilutes it, but I usually dilute it about halfway
2: okay.
1: um, because it gives you that, you know, it's good electrolytes, everything else. But we have that uh, the last couple of years we've had RS Bar on uh, as our uh, official bar of AHA bike race. Uh, we haven't dialed in for this year yet, but I'm hoping they're still on board. Um, and it's each aid station is run uh, sometimes by a bicycle shop. Mad Bikes and TJ has helped us out with uh, some aid stations as well. Um, most of the aid stations, like I said earlier, were run by, uh, in and in the and, and the sports department of both cities, uh, it's not in Um, and the whole course, like I said, it's a rolling, ro- rolling closed course. So sections in which we feel that are dangerous. Uh, we try to close them off to cars completely, uh, while other sections where they have a two lane highway and a full shoulder, um, usually we just have uh, federal police and patrol just making sure the scene is safe and everybody is aware that there's a cycling event going on mm-hmm. um, we put out about 50 60 signs across the, the course itself as well you know making sure cars understand that they go to the left and the bikes go to the right, right. Um, so it's it's which I will say that we probably lose Thirty percent to forty percent of those signs every year, um, whether they walk off the course and disappear, or uh, a car just use, using them for target practice. I
0: guess, not. Uh, yeah.
1: Yellow is an attractive looking
0: uh, sign. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. It's so the course starts in the city of Takake. It's uh, we're right there in the main city. Um, it is just under a quarter mile from the border. So if you cross the border. You actually can have the option of parking in the U.S. and riding your bike to the starting line. Um, And once you're on the starting line, you can do the whole ride. And then we have a shuttle service that will bring you back to Tecate after the event.
0: Okay. Now, Um, let let me ask you real quick. If if somebody has, like, a support crew, can they follow along, or how does that work? Yes.
1: Um, So we just kind of run you through because, again, we're all about safety. Um, so if you have a support crew, uh, what we do is we have a sticker for your window. Uh, we make sure you have a big banner saying uh, support crew. Um, we kinda, and we just kind of give you a walkthrough of what the rules are. We'll give you a, a write-up saying don't follow too close to the cyclist. Do not stay behind your cyclist. Like it's just general um, uh, support crew Mm rules
2: um
1: again it's all about safety we're there for you to support your your team your guys your crew um so i mean when there's pro teams coming out they know the rules pretty well um we're not usually concerned with the, the pro guys it's we're more concerned with you know the guy that just wants to be on course because their friend is out there and they want to make sure they have enough water and we supply we do uh bottle handoffs for the first uh pro crew um and it's their their aid stations are more than adequate to handle everybody, even the pro guys. Yeah. Um, so we're we trying to encourage most people not to have a crew, but they do have to check in with us prior to uh, just jumping out on the course because we don't want to have fifty cars trying to like push riders off saying they're a support crew. Right. Um, the federal police particularly don't like that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what's the what's the maximum time that a, a person can can be on the race course before you you, you know you cut them off?
1: Uh, six hours.
0: Six hours uh, is we, a, is a cutoff.
1: Yeah, we we ha- we uh, first year we did eight hours, and what that means is there'll be people on the course at ten hours, um, and ten hours after we start at eight a.m. I mean that's six o'clock, so that that's a tough thing because we're losing light, we're at safety issues when you're when you fall that be- far behind, it's hard to have a support crew or sag all the aid stations still open I mean because some of these guys we don't have shifts on aid stations so these guys out in the aid stations they're out there for eight hours that's a long long time mm. um, not to mention they probably showed up an hour and a half two hours before then they got a breakdown that's about an hour it's a long day for them so we we also find that our course isn't the easiest course uh, it's not the hardest course but if we uh, we have a cutoff time of six hours because it kind of puts you into, Hey, um, how conditioned I am I to get this course done? Cause six hours is, a, it's not a hard time. You can definitely do it. Most average riders have no issues doing it. Just when we had an eight hour cutoff time, we were getting people that just were not prepared at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that kind of creates a, a tough, uh, position for us because we are there for the safety of everybody. We're, we don't leave anybody on the course. We stay there with them the whole time. And when it was that long, it just became um, too much as a support crew. So by moving it to six hours, it kind of creates a little bit more of a prepared cyclist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that every year we haven't had more than six-hour cutoff time, people. But it's we try to – the six-hour cutoff time is pretty – we try to keep it pretty firm only because um, with our support with the federal police, that's kind of their big push is we start at eight o'clock and we want you to get done no later than 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we we try to, we try to stay with that honor and try to keep that course, get the course closed because the city has to reopen its its road. Right. Um, cause, cause we did move it from Sunday to a Saturday, which is a huge thing for us. And that was just last year was our first Saturday best.
0: Did you, did you see uh, more people participate than we were doing instead of Sunday? Or what, you, what were your thoughts on um, that?
1: When we look at the statistics, it didn't really affect it dramatically either way. Um, but what we did find that is as far as the support for the city itself, I think uh, more people stayed in Mexico longer and enjoyed themselves more days than on Sunday because um, we found that most people are coming in on Sundays and did a ride. They came in, you know, maybe they drove up that Sunday morning or they drove in that Saturday night, but they're out as soon as the race was over. So they did the race and together they're done
2: and mm. jetted home
1: as fast as they could. With it being a little bit of buffer room with Saturday, they got to relax, see Sunday a little bit, maybe head up Monday. Um, it just gave them a little bit more extra time to enjoy Mexico because, if you're doing a ride, you usually don't do much uh, enjoyment of the beverages, uh, you know, whether that's wineries or the breweries, the day before the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and being on a Sunday, I mean, we want everybody to experience Baja to the max potential, um, which is also why we bring all the wineries and all the breweries and uh, the, the cuisine all to the finish line in Ensenada. So you can experience it as soon as you're done. Um, and, uh, that brings me to the other tentative is, uh, as soon as you cross our finish line in Sonana, I think we're a little bit different than anybody else is, uh, the second you cross, we put a beer in your hand. Nice. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's one of the things I always loved. I, I liked, uh, cyclocross racing. Um, I did a, a season here. I did a, a race over in Ohio. And as you know, cycle cross racing is, uh, a lot about, uh, handoffs and, mm-hmm. you know, it's when that, that beer that in Ohio, somebody put, uh, Jack Danos in the cup and I was like, Whoa, that, that was a brew because <laughs> it my first cycle cross race.
2: Damn. And I
1: just took a double shot of Jack and I hate Jack it, regardless. I just not my type of flavor. I love whiskey. I love bourbon. Just Jack Daniels is a different flavor for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I will never forget that, but I still like loved, uh, the camaraderie and like the participation of you know participants and everybody else and just that was fun so when i did the bike race i was like well as soon as you cross the finish line i'm putting a beer in your hand you're gonna have fun relax you just accomplished 73 miles through the wine country and baja let's have fun um you know if, if you need a power aid or a water I'll, we we can supply that as well mm-hmm. um because most of the beers we have aren't really um we don't i don't Throw a, a double IPA in your hand, like, "Here, chug this right after." Yeah, um, it, it's usually more subtle, like here, and you know, it's it's a good way to experience Baja. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: I, like then, I like it.
1: I so our Oh, and then for our our, um, our entry itself, it's everything's included. So once you get to the finish line, you pay your fifty bucks uh, or whatever price you pay that at that, that uh, time. Um, we do. You get a T-shirt, you get a race medal, a beer in hand as soon as you cross the finish line. Uh, we do free bike parking, so as soon as you get to the finish line, we like to keep our um, our podium and our our uh, beer garden pretty empty with bikes. So we do free bike parking. Uh, it's fully secure. It's a 10-foot fence wrapped around with uh, uh, people monitoring it at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that fun time. It's uh, We do $3,000 prize purse. Do age group awards So everybody that is in the age uh, categories, we from first, second, third of every category, male and female, um, we call it you mugs. Nice. And so if, if you mug, you actually get a one liter beer mug or a beverage mug. If you, if you so call it, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, and it has Baja bike race, your position, what you want, your category. And, uh, it's, people are pretty excited and at the first year it was, it was sad for me because not everybody understood the mugging
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we had so many left over and we, we shipped them out to everybody i could find addresses to and confirmed back with emails uh, because nobody knew about the mugging um so we got those mugs sent out i still have mugs from 2015 and hopes i see these people sign up again
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but we'll see how that goes um but like it's everything's included it's it's no hidden cost there's no oh show up and like oh i thought that was part of it um the only thing that's an additional cost is our shuttle services okay um so you are the type in which you're kind of uncomfortable you, you like the idea of going to mexico but you're not so sure about driving down there because you just don't know how your car is going to be it's your first time being in baja you kind of want to have a liaison we do a shuttle service with abc buses and uh, they are killer support. Uh, we used them last year. It was our first year. And the service they provide is above all, like, full-fledged concierge service. Um, they help you with your bicycle, getting it in, in, uh, in storage. They, they give you some beverages while you're traveling down there. Um, so you get picked up in San Diego at Bellbo Park uh, first thing in the morning. Uh, don't quote me on it, but I think it's right around, like, 430 a.m. They'll pick you up. Load up your bike, and everybody uh, gets shuttles to the starting line in Tecate. Um, once you do the ride, you, you get there down in Sonata, and uh, once the ride is over, they pick you up in Sonata and bring you back to Bellbo Park in San Diego. Mm-hmm. The full service uh, shuttle, um, that one is uh, that is seventy dollars uh, round trip. Uh, otherwise, it's thirty five dollars each way. So say. You kind of want to mix it up, and um, you want to take the morning shuttle on um, Saturday morning to the race. You do the ride, get to Ensenada, and you could only pay, say you only paid from San Diego to Tecate starting line. Well, they do shuttle services every day from Ensenada back to uh, San Diego, so you can stay till Monday and then take the bus back to San Diego later. Um, It is a different drop-off point. It is downtown San Diego, um, but you have that flexibility if you want to do it and not actually have to drive.
2: Okay. And then our
1: other options are, if you do want to drive down there, you can pretty much get dropped off in, uh, uh you can, you can drive to the starting line and do the ride and get shuttle services back. Or you can drive to Ensenada, do the shuttle, uh, take the shuttle in the morning to, uh, Tecate, and then go ahead and take a ride back to, uh, to to get your car later. Okay. Um, so it's, options are there we're there for full support and it's it's just another year ahead of us
0: mm-hmm. yep you're uh i think uh i'm on the home page right now and it says uh, <laughs> 106 days and 11 hours before uh the race october 5th yep That's every day,
1: day. I, I keep checking that thing and counting it down
0: <laughs> exactly exactly well josh dude i appreciate you uh you coming on the on the show and uh taking time out of your busy day to, to talk story with us and, and kind of give us a breakdown of uh, what Baja bike race is all about and why, you know, we love going down to Baja uh, and, uh, you know, promoting tourism down there because it's, it's an awesome place. It's a magical place and there's a place of opportunity to do stuff and Absolutely. have a good time. So we'll, uh, yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Yeah, um, man. I'm truly, uh, truly honored that you asked me to come on. Um, Sorry if we we're like all over the place with what we we're talking about, all but good. uh,
0: yeah, all good, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, like I said, it's Baja is the place to be, lots to do. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, it, you can, it's there's so many places to be, so many places to stay, so many places to do. Um, it's it's crazy what you can do down there.
0: Yep, exactly. But, uh, cool, man. Well, where can people find you on Instagram and on Facebook?
1: Uh, yeah, everything's on, we're gonna, Instagram is at Baja Bike Race, uh, in- Facebook as well, Twitter. Uh, we're on Reddit as well. A lot of people know Reddit, some for good and bad reasons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then we are at uh, bajabikerace.com, and everything you can register online. Um, and then also, it's uh, you can buy most of our point of sale registrations throughout Baja as well.
0: Cool, right on, brother. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll chat with you soon.
1: All right, thank you. All right, Josh.
0: Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was Josh Poe from Baja Bike Race. Uh, race is October 5th, and it uh, starts in Tecate, and then in Ensenada. So make sure you guys get on that website, register, 72 miles and, like, 4,000 feet of climbing. I might do it. You never know. Uh, well, thanks, thanks for listening. Another episode of Beyond the Bike. My name is Big Lou. We'll see you guys soon.